stop this ride, I want to get off. Chapter 1, Part 1 I'm in the middle of a healing phase right now, in a post-breakup part of my life. I mean that in more ways than one. I just celebrated my second post-divorce birthday, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. And beyond these achievements and work gossip, the most interesting recent events that I've experienced were getting legitimately involved and then uninvolved with someone. I say legitimate because he's the first person I've connected with beyond use is a fuckboy or a fuckman, really, since I've gotten out from under the thumb of my former spouse. He was a longtime acquaintance that I worked with about 20 years ago, give or take. We reconnected over the summer when I was creating my alternate social media accounts, and he was one of many that wanted to verify that he wasn't getting friendly with a scam bot. The initial aftermath of the split, I had actually developed an almost crippling anxiety attached to interacting with the outside world beyond the parameters of my comfort zone. I've been known to venture out there in search of new human contact, but afterward, I retreat further in my head than I was before I sought that social interplay in the first place. Now, I was having internal meltdowns out of fear in the end of things, and to me, there is a certain level of horror involved when I think about the trust-building aspects of new relationships, or the amount of vulnerability authentic relationships require. We were entangled from June to September, and I don't think either one of us knew what to expect at that time. I felt that we meshed really well. I can't speak for him, but that's one of the attributes that had me running in the end. I became more enthralled with him the more time we spent together, and if I were being completely honest, I would say he embodied a fair share of characteristics I would seek for something long term. He's calm, he cooks, and he does his own laundry. He's also socially awkward and into physical displays of affection. Now, that's not a detrimental characteristic per se, but I'm not acclimated to being on the receiving end of cuddles, hand-holding, hugs, and whatever else falls under that umbrella term. If I said it caught me off guard, that would be a gross understatement. There's a certain sense of safety that accompanies getting that level of physical closeness with another person, but to be frank, I don't know how to process it, and I don't really understand it. I analyzed this whole thing to death, and if I were assuming, I would assume that his feelings and fears weren't dissimilar to my own, but in the end, I was terrified. Like, literally terrified. My fight-or-flight response was activated, and I couldn't find a way to reel it in. One of the last more serious conversations we had at that time, he mentioned not being healed from his ex, and I will say that the evidence was there to support that statement. If there was another woman around, and she had a characteristic that was a reminder to him, he would say so. I mean... I was in a similar headspace when it was applicable. It just wasn't nearly as often, and I didn't verbalize it when it came up. Up until that point, my second favorite coping mechanism was compartmentalizing. Dark humor would be my first. 
the last person I was close with before him was someone I built a life with. And there were expectations, hopes, dreams, and a future. Obviously, I was also mourning these things in secret. Wanting this with someone right after the ink dried on my divorce papers was something that I was not ready for. According to multiple sources, I was happy. I was really, really happy. And there was almost a sense of awe from the people around me regarding who I became in that state. Unfortunately, the only place to go from the top of the mountain is down. You could consider the end of this relationship a controlled demo. I was very, very afraid to carry hope with someone. And rather than hand over my heart, I broke it myself. We've been split up now longer than we were together, and sometimes I still turn into a weepy bitch when I think about him. But neither of us seemed equipped to have feelings beyond a superficial nature at that time. I know that I wasn't. We started catching up in June, sharing memes and stories, and it turned out both of us experienced a serious breakup in April. Weird, right? It was discovered that we shared similar proclivities behind closed doors, too. He asked about setting up a play date and threw out some dates to come visit. To maintain transparency, I expressed that I had reservations over sharing the same bed with someone, as the last time I did was over a year ago with my former spouse, and I didn't think I was ready for that. He was very understanding of where I was, and so he offered to stay on the couch. I only have a love seat, so he brought his air mattress and posted up in my living room for the weekend. After he got home, we made plans for me to do a weekend trip up there, and when I arrived, he offered to blow up the air mattress for me. It was a very sweet gesture that I had declined. The spatial configurations would have been suffocating had I taken him up on that, so... We ended up pretty cozy together in his twin bed, and in hindsight, I'm still very impressed with how well that worked out from a logistical perspective. I'm equally impressed that I never got the urge to shove him off and away from me. Now, he was pretty active in his local kink scene, and there was a club nearby that hosted weekend events. We ended up at a few of them. It was a good time. We also walked from his place once to go see fireworks for the 4th of July. That was the first time that I was consciously aware of merely being present in the moment and enjoying myself. There were even a few times on that walk that I reached out for his hand first after crossing streets and getting through busy intersections. So, something else that I didn't mention during his character assessment. He was a really good blend of both a total pervert and a complete gentleman. He would open doors for me, both car doors and doors to businesses that we frequented, and he'd help carry my shopping bags and my luggage. He even went out of his way to ensure I wasn't walking on the sidewalk that was on the closest part to the street. I'll let you use your imagination for the other half. I went back home, and we planned for him to head this way, for the next round of quality time. He arrived earlier than I expected. Instead of letting him wander aimlessly somewhere, 
I told him where to find the spare key and to let himself in. He brought his D&D stuff, and this kept him pretty busy while I finished out my shift. He even attempted to get me in the loop of the mathematics of role-playing games. There were also character types, armor, and weapons. There's a lot of details that go into it. I enjoyed myself, although it would take many more games for me to memorize half of the information involved. The next trip I made was for some events at his local club. I'm pretty sure one night was a burlesque show and the next one was for femdoms. We had a good time, although I did manage to get us into trouble during the ladies night or the femdom thing. I had him get his bag of utensils and let him started taking shots at my backside. The laughter that ensued drew a crowd, and one of those people was the hostess. She shut it down hard, and we switched roles, and I had him bent over a chair in the end. He offered to let me try a flogger on him, but I declined. I didn't want to have any accidents with his testicles. I mean, I'm sadistic, but I'm not that sadistic. The timeline for the next visit was actually really funny to me because I left his place. I had to go back to work for one day and then I had a week or so of vacation on the books. So I worked one shift, booked an Airbnb, and then returned for our first extended stay. During the weekend, we did basic couple activities, you know, watched TV, made dinner, hung out, you know, domestic things. On the weekend, we took a trip up north and spent some time catching up with one of my close friends from high school. We even had lunch with my mother, and he really proved his patience with that one. I ended up staying one more night with him after my booking was up and managed to drive home on the same day of one of my scheduled shifts. The whole trip felt so effortless, but he managed to say something when I was heading out that really activated my abandonment wounds. Like, in hindsight, I'm certain that it was not ill-intended, and it was just a really awkward thing to say, but it sat with me on my whole drive home. I couldn't elaborate on why, but there was a strong air of finality attached to that statement in my head. After I was home a few days, something intense but unrelated came up. And in the throes of some very intense anxiety, I wrote him to tell him how I was feeling. I didn't really anticipate the response that I got. And there was a brief time frame of silence between us. And I thought it was over. And then... After a couple days, he told me that the last invitation he extended still stands and he continued making consistent communications leading up into that. I changed my initial assumption and thought maybe we had just had our first fight. I went back and forth on whether I should or shouldn't go on the days leading up to that trip. In the end, I decided to keep the plans and I ended up having almost a week off of work again. So I spent a lot of my time writing during the week. I also fixed his toilet, broke it worse, and then fully fixed it during one of his work shifts. We went to see some bands play on Wednesday night. 
And to be frank, this was kind of a big deal to me. The last time I saw anybody play live was pre-pandemic, and it was with my former spouse before everything in our lives went off the rails. And so we went to see a burlesque event on Friday. He suggested initially going to some fall festival Sunday with some friends of his, and I thought it sounded like a good time, but I ended up with unrelenting anxiety and aggressive high blood pressure on Thursday. Now, I'll say I enjoyed Wednesday's events, but it was also very overstimulating. There were a variety of subtle reminders of better times with my ex, and to top it off, we got into some conversations with people he knew outside of the venue. Something about the people and the interactions gave me the distinct impression that I didn't belong there, and it was really tough trying to keep it together at the show. One day, he had said something about picking up shifts over the weekend, and I got put off by the sudden change of plans and the seeming underlying rejection. So I packed my things and I put them in my car in an extremely overwhelmed state. Obviously, my resolution for the problem was to leave. He was the one who eased the tension in the end by breaking the silence. I don't remember what he said, but it was calming enough that I didn't leave that day. When I got home, he asked me for a recipe for some meal I threw together during my stay. I gave him the information requested with a side of hurt feelings. Rather than internalize, I expressed how I felt about the change of timelines and the way it happened, and then he went silent on me. I've reached out a handful of times since to mixed responses. There are a lot of things I wish I said or clarified, and there are things that were said that I wish he absorbed the gravity of the meaning behind them. I mean, maybe he did, and it just got waylaid in the shuffle. I was falling hard for that man. Everything about that situation had me terrified once I was aware of how I felt and what I wanted, and there was a certain level of dread attached with that that I couldn't shake. The last person I experienced this with took 16 years of my life. I mean, I'm still in the process of coming to terms with the deception, the manipulation, and the controlling behaviors and trying to determine if any of it was real. And so this ended my summer romance. In the end, this was a really great learning opportunity because it taught me how unready for the outside world I really was. I don't hold anything against him from how it played out, and the shortcomings I buried are my wounds to tend to and to heal from. And to be completely honest, there's still a soft spot in my heart with his name on it. And I wish him nothing but happiness in his future endeavors, you know? And there's a bit of personal growth that comes along with this experience. To be frank, it's not in my nature to have this caliber of genuine positive affection for someone this close to the end of a personal connection. Usually, there's some additional processing required in terms of what happened and how I felt in the wake of everything. I vaguely mentioned other involvements earlier. I've had a total of four since I got out on my own. The most recent and the one nearest dearest to my heart is the one I just told you about. One of them was a brief tryst with an ambitious young man. One was an overinvested one night stand. The other one is the one that started this weird chapter of my life. I would say that it was also overinvested. 
It is a weird mix of a handful of casual encounters coupled with relatively consistent communications that went on for about a year. Something I learned about myself in all this is it's improbable that I can be engaged in any kind of a sexual relationship and retain a sense of emotional disconnect. For the most part, I attach very easily during physical encounters, and not even just sexual ones, just any physical affection, really. And my attachment process is a rabbit hole of fuckery. In my last few experiences with this, I've managed to vacillate back and forth between wanting to draw the object of my affection closer to me and wanting to push them away at the same time. Or, you know, maybe off a cliff or down some stairs. It's most intense when I have the desire to achieve physical and, and emotional intimacy and vulnerability with them. I would speculate that the headspace I'm in currently isn't too far off from where it was when my parents split up. It feels like I'm trying to work through multiple layers of the same wounds. And there's another thing I can't quite determine. So how much of my newfound promiscuity is a result of my biological clock ticking and how much of it stems from a desire to take control over my body and my sexuality after having that taken from me? I don't know. Aside from my recent partners, I've also managed to find myself in multiple pen pals type partnerships of a predominantly carnal variety. And I even labeled one chapter of this time frame the Scorpio Pirate Club. Why, do you ask? Well, they were all born in November and their names all started with the letter R. <laughs> Get it? R. So, this whole period has been a deep dive in self-discovery in more ways than one. Sometimes I feel like the more I learn about myself, the less I know. I came into contact with one person I didn't latch onto during all of these amorous adventures. And in case you're wondering who it was, it's the ambitious young guy. We had a few hookups. He just managed to work long hours most of the time, and the rest of his time he spends as a primary caregiver for some elderly family members nearby. When we talk, I enjoy the conversation topics a lot. We've had good chemistry too, but for whatever reason, the emotional involvement just isn't there. Now, it may be that our communication structure is just uh, inconsistent, or it could be that he seems to be an unbroken man. And because of this, he doesn't activate my mommy or daddy issues, nor does he bring the chaos that I need to feel magnetized to another person. That's my theory anyway. We still talk occasionally, and uh, really it's primarily friendly and fun in nature. Now, there's no time like the present to get into the details of the one night stand and my first extramarital partner. For the most part, these two partnerships were taking place pretty simultaneously. The timelines were pretty parallel, so I'm just going to start at the beginning chronologically. I put myself out on the dating marketplace about a month and a half after I got out on my own and received traction from my postings on a few dating sites. This led me to create alternate accounts on a few social media platforms to funnel these people through. The intention was for it to be separate from my day-to-day -day life, 
because in my mind, it's easier to drop an entire artificial account than to delete or block some new contacts. I really don't know where I come up with these things. In retrospect, it appears to be another layer in the sandwich of emotional and physical distance I was maintaining from the outside world. Also, in case you're of a similar level of ignorance to where I was when I did this, a month and a half is not enough time to process the end of a lifetime commitment. This guy reached out one night asking what my playlist was looking like for the evening. I responded with a link to my Spotify and we got into a really exciting dialogue about music. Aside from being a fellow music lover with a wide variety of genres that he was enthusiastic about, he played drums in a band before he moved into the area. The connection felt really intense the longer we went into what we were listening to, and I gave him my contact information for the fresh alternate account I created. He couldn't find my account listing through any searching and ended up giving me his digits. Recognizing the area code, I asked him where he was from, and it turns out he worked up the street from one of the high schools I went to and did so for a pretty long time. How weird, right? He tried to get me to come over that night, but I went to the gym instead. We kept talking over the weekend and eventually made plans to have Sunday brunch. After discovering the distance between our locations, he suggested somewhere that was easier for me to get to. I appreciated the gesture, and we established a 30-minute window of time for our meetup. And I enjoyed the brunch for the most part, but I was exhausted during most of it. I didn't sleep well over the weekend, so I had more caffeine than usual to keep from falling asleep at the table. And by that, what I mean is I had two cups of regular coffee. I was living a pretty decaffeinated lifestyle at the time, but I digress. The meal was decent, and the conversation was too. The reason I said for the most part is one particular snafu. So, anybody who knows me knows that I am obsessively early. In my youth, I was late to everything, and I couldn't tell you why, but something about becoming an adult with a job turned me 180 degrees in the opposite direction in terms of my tardiness. To put it another way, if I'm not experiencing a medical or vehicular emergency, I'm anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes early for anything that I put on the schedule. My time is valuable to me, so I respect the time of others. I got there about 10 to 15 minutes before our established time window. After I got seated and had a few cups of coffee, I think he messaged and then called me based on my response. He was still at home getting ready to leave. There was a def definite undertone of I feel like an assholeism to his dialogue. And in hindsight, I can't help but think that there's a stereotype about whores not knowing how to tell time. Who knew? He arrived about 10 to 15 minutes after the end of the time frames we had discussed. And he was apologetic about it in the moment. It could have been sincere, or it could have been due to traditional social norms. I really think it could go either way. After brunch, he suggested we go back to my place and get more acquainted. I agreed to it, and he followed me from the restaurant to my empty house. I'm actually shocked I didn't have any kind of anxiety attack during the drive, but 
I would be a lie if I said I wasn't strung up about it. This sounds really stupid considering I'm a grown-ass woman, but I wasn't sure of what to expect. Like, part of that ignorance led to building anticipation. When we arrived, he suggested I changed into some yoga pants, and I obliged. And here I gotta reiterate. Let me reiterate my lack of experience engaging romantically, sexually, or whatever with anyone outside of my married life. In case you're wondering, that's like 16 years for the second spouse and three for the first. So, I've been out of the dating pool for basically the last 20 years at this point. Another fun description for this would be like half my life. But I seriously thought it was a great idea because they were comfortable. He asked to use the bathroom and I showed him the downstairs toilet and went upstairs to change my pants. While up there, I decided I needed something to calm my nerves and took an extra dose of my anxiety medication to help me get back down to earth. 